Hello, and welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, a podcast where we interview a different entrepreneur or small business owner every week to hear their story. We chat about their business, passions, struggles, and all things small business. Oh, and we drink with our guests during the interview, hence the happy hour. I'm your host, Derek, founder of Yoga for All Humans, a fully online yoga studio. And I'm your host, Holly, creator of the blog, The Bitter Lemon, and author of many books. We are so happy you're here. Hi, Holly. Hi. How's it going? Happy Sunday again. We're always doing this on Sunday, it seems. (laughs) Yep. Sunday, Sunday evening. Yeah, but I was not cooking today, so. Oh, it was Wesley's time? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but then I'll be out of town next Sunday, so we'll be taking a break from a few podcast episodes, because you'll be out of town, then I'll be out of town. So I'll have to make it up, you know, and do like a couple weekends in a row again. Yeah, make up your cooking time. Yeah, yeah. I'll be traveling for work, spending a week in Louisiana. So it'll still be hot, but then it'll be humid. So can't wait. (laughs) You love that. You love the hot weather. I do. It's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I told you, but I've sort of like... You know, because obviously we do residential yoga, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really hard to get in touch with like property managers because like you can't find email addresses online. And like, I get it. Like, you know, that's fair. But then like, I'm not a cold caller. And like, also whenever you call, like oftentimes there's, you know, you're just like talking to leasing people. And I just like, I always just feel like a bother, which we kind of talk about in this episode, ironically, about just feeling like, you know, feeling like a bother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one new strategy I've adopted is like following different residential complexes that are connected to the ones that we already teach at on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if they follow me back, messaging them, and they've been really receptive. So I'm hoping that we can have some new partners in that regard soon. That'd be fun. That's a smart idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's um, all there is to small business. It's fucking trial and error all day long. <laughs> yeah. Outside of that. I've been meaning to talk about it in the last couple of intros and just keep forgetting. Um, but there was that podcast that I sent you that you should listen to called Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I really encourage everyone to go listen to it. It's so funny. And it sounds like they're going to do a season two. But like literally the whole premise of the podcast is these two women. I think I forget. Maybe they're maybe they're british i don't know but i think their wedding was like on a boat in amsterdam so they're like you know european and so they have cute accents and these two women get married on this boat it's like a party of like a hundred you know um and at some point during the night the one of the brides goes into the women's bathroom and there's a couple turds on the ground and like by a toilet it's like it was like leading away from the toilet so just like so weird and so the whole podcast is like i think it's like two years after the wedding (laughs) 
<laughs> they like hire one of their friends who is not a detective, but she acts like a detective and it's just like investigating it. And they do like interviews of people from the wedding and like do like a lie detector test and like go back to the scene of the crime. <laughs> so they're really trying to find out like who did it. Yeah. It's just, and it, it's so fucking funny. Like, cause they're like, you know, they're acting very serious about it, but obviously it's, it's like very humorous. Right. Uh Um, and it's just like hysterical. It's one of the funniest things I've listened to in a long time. Like I would just be sitting there just like cackling while I was cooking, listening to the shit. So I highly suggest it. It's very funny. That's funny. I, I, um, this weekend I started watching or I'm, I'm all caught up now. I watched so much of it. Um, this show called claim to fame have you heard of it uh-uh. it's hosted by one of uh kevin jonas and his brother frankie who's like the non oh. and it's, it's like, like the people that have like a relative who's famous. yeah okay, okay, okay every contestant has a famous relative but the goal is to like guess it and it's like okay all this strategy in it so i watched all of season one there's a complete season one out on hulu because i think it's i want to say it's on abc but i could be wrong so season one is like done so i watched all of that and then there's like probably four or five episodes of season two out and i watched all of that um it's good yeah it's so because the contestants don't tell you who their claim to fame is so like you kind of guess along with based on they play these games that like give clues as to who their celebrity contestant or their celebrity relative is and it's it's not I was thinking it would be like lame celebrities but it's like huge like Kiki Palmer um Dolly Parton Dean Martin like it's huge celebrities and I guess I'll something about someone was Tom Hanks's relative or something yeah Tom Hanks is on there like yeah um, and it's when they when their claim to fame is revealed, they explain like, you know, this person is my sister or whoever. And like, I don't know, it's it's really like a light show, obviously, but it's entertaining. Do they lose if someone finds out who their relative is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They go yeah. Home. So the last okay. person standing wins one hundred thousand dollars. OK, because they need it. <laughs> so there's like they're in it for like, you know strategy like yeah, that, yeah. i love like any like strategic game I do like, too. Like that so that's been a fun one to watch that is yeah that's why i love the circle so much it kind of reminds me of that yeah but i was gonna mention that it's just this is not a big deal but it's like i went to the dentist earlier this week for my mm. like cleaning and I have such severe, like near crippling anxiety when it comes to going to the dentist. Like, I think a lot of people do. Um, but I know for me, like, I just personally, like I have not had good teeth. Like I've had so much dental work done, like over the past several years, I've gotten to a place where like, I, I don't have to have like dental work done, but it's likely because like most of the 
I've had so much work done that like my teeth are basically fake at this point. Yeah. Um, but I get nervous that I'm going to need something major done like that. There I've already had crowns and root canals and all of stuff like that, but I'm afraid they're going to be like, you need to replace your root canal or something like mm-hmm. I don't know. So I get so worked up every time I need to go for a cleaning. Like even if there's probably not anything wrong and like, I would say maybe like a year and a half ago. So it's like, I've been three times since, you know, every six months, um, the, they always like take my blood pressure when I go for the cleaning and the dental hygienist, she like started saying, you know, your blood pressure is high. And I'm the first time she said it, I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) And then when it was at a time when I was, thinking I was going to be laid off from my job. And about yeah. three days later, that was when she said it the first time that I had high blood pressure. And I was like, well, my life is really stressful. So I probably do have high blood pressure. And when I went back later, six months, you know, she had made a little note in her folder about my job. And she said, oh, the last time you were in here, you know, you you were kind of scared about your job. How's that going? And I was like, oh yeah, I was laid off and still don't <laughs> Um, and I wanted to die. Like yeah. I was so mad that she brought that up and yeah. she took my blood pressure and she was like, okay, your blood pressure is high again. And this is really a problem. And she started like going on and on about how like high blood pressure can lead to serious problems. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like she was like, is this, you know, a problem that you've discussed with your doctor? And I was like, um, no, because I don't have high blood pressure. Thank you. I just wanted her to like get off it, you know? Mm-hmm. So after that, I had all these problems going to my regular doctor. And like, this is something we talk about in the episode in today's episode is like, I was trying to get into the doctor, but because I was laid off and there was a mistake with my Cobra coverage, I could not just get a check. And so here's this woman telling me twice now that I have high blood pressure, which is something I worry about, like as a woman, especially Um, I'm trying to get in blah, blah, blah. So after she had said it a second time, I was able to get an appointment and I went into my doctor's office being so freaked out. And I was like, I'm, you know, they always ask you like, do you have any specific concerns? And I was like, yeah, I keep going to the dentist and they keep saying I have high blood pressure. And that's not something that I've ever had a problem with. Yeah. So I had this long talk with like the nurse and I was like, I need, you know, I, I need to get my blood pressure taken, which they take it anyway. But I was like, I just need to understand like why this is happening. And I was telling her how I have this severe anxiety about going to the dentist and all this. And she of course was like, telling me all this stuff about, she asked me like, what kind of blood pressure cuff are they using and how did they take it at the dentist? And she told me that like those, I guess it's like a digital, the cuffs that like inflate on their own Uh told me those are not really that reliable. So when I told her that that's like what the dentist used, she was like, those usually aren't like super accurate. And then I, she said, you know, you have anxiety like that affects it. Cause I didn't know if that affected it or not. And she said, But the whole situation just 
it made me so mad. Like I, and then I was asking my mom, I'm like, why did they even take your blood pressure at the dentist? Like, obviously if you're getting a procedure, I can understand, but like for a cleaning, like, are they not going to like clean my teeth if I have high blood pressure? Um, I've never had my blood pressure tested at the dentist. Really? Ever. My mom. So my mom said they used to at hers, but she said that recently they stopped doing it. And I, I am tempted to ask my to at the reception desk, just say, Hey, can you guys not do that? Because it gives me more anxiety. If you want a dentist referral, I got that. (laughs) I'm like, it's just crazy because I'm like, I feel like a fear of the dentist is quite common. And I'm just thinking, Mm -hmm. doesn't everyone that you take have high blood pressure in this place? Like no one wants to be here. Yeah. Um, so she said it when I went this week, she said it again. She was like, yeah, blood pressure is a little high. And I just didn't say anything. Damn. Like, okay, let's get on with it. Yeah. That's a, you know, so like, that's a good segue into the episode because we talk about the insurance, um, industry being such a racket. Um, dental insurance is probably the worst because, you know, I still need to get my implant redone. Oh, and it's like gonna it's like five thousand dollars out of pocket so i haven't had it done yet because i'm like i, I don't i don't have five thousand yeah. well i've already had it done and i need to get it redone <laughs> but like i remember because i actually um uh what have i was like chewing a piece of gum and my a crown came off mm-hmm And that's when they were like, okay, here are the options. And the most like permanent option is getting the implant. And yeah, it is a lot of money, like out of pocket because dental insurance pays for like nothing. Nothing. It pays for like your cleanings, one extra a year. I think like part of cavity, part of fillings and like pretty much it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the biggest stupid thing anyway <laughs> yes so we talk about healthcare a lot in this in this episode um we interviewed the owner of my doctor's office monica um and before i get in trouble i want to be very clear monica is not my doctor i see jessica hernandez who i love dearly jessica who you are listening so if you do end up going there holly Monica's not even taking new patients, by the way. So, right. so go see Jessica whenever she's back. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jessica's going to be out very soon. I sent her a message the other day just saying good luck with her um, delivery. But yes, I love you, Jessica. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we had such a good interview with Monica. Um, direct primary care has been something I've been really passionate about telling people about since I discovered it. And it's only been like within the last year or so. And it's it just makes so much more sense than, you know, the the racket that insurance has created. And we talk a lot about, you know, how insurance isn't good for us as patients, but it's also not good for our providers. You know, they get screwed as well, you know, and aren't able to enjoy and perform at their best because everyone's at the whim of what? Capitalism. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just such a good episode. And Monica is such a great speaker. Um, So I I enjoyed listening back to it whenever I was editing it. 
Yeah, I learned so much um, talking to her. And I feel like if you've never heard of direct primary care, um, you'll learn exactly what it is and how to find it in your area. So, yeah, it's good yep, for yep, individuals, yep. but also if you own a small business, they offer mm-hmm. uh, better plans. So, yeah, and I'm sure a lot of other offices offer that for businesses as well. It makes a lot of sense. It's way cheaper than having like a full blown insurance plan. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, y'all enjoy, learn a lot, um, challenge your thought process on how you care for yourself and and healthcare, and be well. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, here comes Monica with Impact Family Wellness. Hey, Monica. Hey, guys. Sorry, I was trying to get in on my iPad and it was just sitting there saying you were not letting me in. And I was like, maybe I'll try on my computer. So here we go. <laughs> no, that's all good. I was running a couple of minutes late. That's what that was. So deal. My apologies. How are you? I'll forgive you this time, Derek. Not I again. <laughs> I will be coming by to grab some vitamin D tomorrow. So if you're there, you can, you can take a slap on the wrist if you want. Right. Well, I don't see patients on Fridays, so you're in luck. I probably That's won't right. be there. Okay, good. <laughs> I am coming in to take out someone's ingrown toenail at three o'clock. So I will be there then. So Are you? you? Hang out. Mm-hmm. you know, the fun things you know, I do on a Friday. So does Jessica do that too? No. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. It's just well, me, might, but I'll do it for you. Yeah, I might be hitting you up for that because I was just actually <laughs> made a note to myself to figure out what to do with it. So oh my gosh, it's like my favorite thing ever. Okay. Cool. You're gonna you're gonna hate me for a couple of days, I, but other than I that, understand. you'll be good. <laughs> I've had it done once before. <laughs> oh, well, then you know what to expect. I do. Well, yeah. thank you for hopping on. Um yeah. obviously this is Holly. We know each other, but Hi, Holly. Hi. Holly also lives in Austin. Um, mm. So she Good place. Yeah. How long have you been in, in the area, Monica? Are you from here? No, and I'm not from California, so don't. <laughs> um, no, I've been here about four and a half years now. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. But I grew up in Ohio. Then I moved to North Carolina for graduate school, then Alaska, then New Mexico, and now Texas for the wow. long haul. Yeah. Alaska. How was that? Uh, cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and sunny, actually. I was there in the sunny part. So it got hot, but it was negative 37 when I got there. And then the sun didn't go away for like three months. So, you know. That's what would mess me up is the sun not going mm-hmm. away because I enjoy the evenings. Um, yeah. Like I these. do too. The sunset's a great thing, but it just, right. the sun just kind of sets for about four hours and then it comes right back up. So that's so weird. I couldn't even imagine. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, here you are. Well, the most important question is, are you drinking anything and what are you drinking? Mm, Right now I'm just drinking sparkling water. Oh, (laughs) super lame, but you know, just like the rest of the world, I'm on those lovely like weight loss shots. And so I did mine yesterday, which makes me just like not want anything i don't want food i don't want alcohol if we had done this like two days ago game on but you know (laughs) mm -hmm. but i can pretend it's whatever you want it to be i will there you go i'm cool with it no we've had (laughs) 
<laughs> we've had guests on that were sober so it's like you know you know to each their own you know whatever you need to do i mean i'm about situation. the same drunk or sober inappropriate loud that's me okay. <laughs> or not. so you're good well, well i'm originally from louisiana so i'm used to that so you're oh. good <laughs> yeah you got this yeah holly where are you from i grew up in indiana oh what part uh, I grew up in Columbus, which is like an hour south of Indy. Oh, so I grew up about 30 miles from Fort Wayne, Indiana, but in okay. Ohio, just yeah. on the other side. So I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana a week ago at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I don't feel like people always know someone that is mm-hmm. like a fam- a distant family member lives in Indiana. Like, yeah. Why should mm-hmm. I ever go there? I'm like, <laughs> You shouldn't really. Oh yeah, I'm like yeah. Uh, and then I moved to Louisiana for college, and which is where I met Derek, and then moved to yeah. Austin. Gotcha. What do you do, Holly? I'm a writer. Writer. Oh, yeah. What do you write? For money, I write marketing collateral, so blogs, press releases, PPC gotcha. ads, that type of thing. But I'm currently learning how to do script, like write scripts. And oh. I've maintained my own personal blog for about 13 years and I've written a few books. So. Oh, so you're yeah. famous. Cool. <laughs> nice <laughs> to know you. Don't forget me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She has uh, her, my favorite books of hers are, it's a series. There's two books and it's called Oil and Ink is the first one. And then what's yeah. the second one? I like Neon Highway. Neon Highway. Yeah. It's about this like small town tattoo artist. They're really good. If, if you're uh, this sounds it. great. I'm going to need links to the Amazon links. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Please send They're them. They're good books. I will absolutely She's... buy them. And then I'm going to get it autographed just so you know I'm covered. For sure. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Holly, what are you drinking? I am drinking something different today. I made um, a big vodka in my hot mess cup. Um, so it's vodka, <laughs> Dripping Springs vodka. So from Texas. And then I also saw this in my fridge. It's called Agua Bonita. It's like an Agua Fresco, but it's in a can. This is the watermelon chili flavor. So I mixed that. Instead of vodka soda, I did vodka agua fresca agua bonita if you're listening i feel like we need to have them on the podcast because it's a woman uh, women minority owned company here in texas or just somewhere i think california but okay man i'm jealous this is the second flavor i've had and they're so good like this one is like a spicy watermelon but i had the pineapple cucumber one just by itself a few weeks ago and that one was really good this sounds delicious yeah it's very summery tasting right so what are you drinking dark uh holly knows let's see it <laughs> the running let's joke see. is i always have my red wine oh, nice um, but this yeah. cup has ounces on it so this is how i keep track of my intake um it's a 10 ounce cup so it looks like really full but it's a 10 ounce cup um, but the running joke is that i just i'm just a, a total wino so i like it. i i try I to feel like i need out to push pause like... can you just pause it i'll be back i gotta go to my you can. <laughs> I, I edit these so i can edit out the pause 
Yeah, I I just always drink red wine. Like I tried to do like cute drinks. Like Holly, Holly used to be a bartender, so she's much better at making as every drinks. writer used to be a bartender. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I just I just stick with wine these days. So yeah, it's not a new one it. though. I've been trying to do a new one. Every oh, it's week, not a new one. Not a new one. No. This is Fit Vine, which is a lower calorie wine, which. Wow. You picked like the healthy drink for our, our guest. You were like. It wasn't intentional. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. It was just what was in the house. It's only because he knows I can see his chart. Right. There you go. <laughs> He's like, when did I ever say you could have 10 ounces of wine a day? Let me check your <laughs> cholesterol real fast, Eric. Look. My go check my chart. My numbers are really good. I bet they are. <laughs> I'm gonna trust you on that one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For sure. Amazing what some body movement will do. There you go. There you go. For sure. Well, we are here to talk about you, Monica. Um hey, I'm here for that. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> we met on LinkedIn. I think you reached out to me, right? If I'm if I'm correct, if, yeah, if I had some marketing remember. scrolls. My marketing trolls were finding you. They were oh, looking so for was a, it like was yeah, it like an so automated doing thing? A B two B thing, looking for uh, small business owners, and you yeah. know, you fit the criteria, so you got my fancy message, and it worked. It got did. It, it did. <laughs> yeah, because I did. I did that as well. Like I, you know, hired a company to do like B two B stuff because I have like a yoga at work program. You know, yeah. that, I, that I've been working on building. So your message was definitely genuine. So whoever you were using is good because I, mm-hmm. I don't always respond. But then I I'd like heard of direct primary care, but didn't know a whole lot about it. But you know me, I'm all about like accessibility and like, you know, making it easier for people and obviously about wellness. So I was like, she looks like she's doing something really cool. So I do want to talk to her. And obviously now I'm a patient. So right here we are. For sure. Yeah, no, you're not alone. There's not a lot of the population that understands direct primary care has heard of it or knows what it is. It's becoming more popular, but you know, it's going to take some time to, uh, to spread the word, but that's why we're here today. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. Cause I I want the people to know. So just off the top, I would love to hear, you know, what, what's kind of been your, your medical journey and how you ended up in direct primary care and your own office. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good story. Um, so I've been a family nurse practitioner for a little over 15 years now. Um, and I started in orthopedics because a little too late in nursing school, I realized that I don't like sick people um, and mm. hospitals really are not my jam. Um, but in orthopedics, you can fix things, right? Somebody's got a broken bone. You just put it back where it belongs and it heals. And it's great. But then I, you know, got into other things simply because I was trained to take care of a whole person. And so when my person with a broken arm would come in and had high blood pressure, I'd be like, Ooh, your blood pressure is really high. I know how to fix that, but that's not my job. So you're going to have to go see your primary for that. And then I did some primary care and I fell in love with it because I could take care of a whole person and I got to see them through their different life cycles and see their kids as newborns and then as adolescents. And it was really great to do it, but primary care is exhausting especially yeah. in our current healthcare system, because you have to see 30 plus patients a day. I prided myself on my ability to cut patients off because I didn't have time to listen to your story. 
I needed to know your story and I'm interested in your story, but I don't have time for it because I have to see five patients in this hour. So no, I don't have time for your story about grandma. We got to, we got to cut to the to the chase. Um, so, you know, I went into nursing because I love to take care of people, but that's not what I was doing. I was taking yeah. care of insurance companies. I was spending 70% of my day charting. And so it really wasn't what I wanted to do, but I loved taking care of people. And so it was what I thought was my only choice. Well, then I was getting ready to relocate to Texas and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I had done some urgent care, some ortho, like I said, some vein work, um, but I really had this passion for primary care. And so my phone listened to me, of course, and it Mm -hmm. popped up a Facebook ad that said, primary care physician takes home $400,000 a year and it's home in time for dinner. I said, that's a lie. And I clicked on it. (laughs) And it was, yeah, it was all about direct primary care, about this model where it was all cash-based and membership-based. And so I dove into it with both feet and was like, what is this? I need to learn about this. And so after I did, I was like, I think I can do this. I think I can open my own direct primary care office. So I went to my husband who has an MBA and I said, husband, I'm going to open a medical practice where I can see less patients, take better care of them, have more control of my time and make the same amount of money, which is not $400,000, just so you know, but, um, (laughs) and he literally laughed in my face and he was like, Monica life that no, that, that, that doesn't work that way. I was like, Oh, but it does. And so I Googled how to write a business plan and I wrote a business plan. And I took it to him and I said, all right, husband, no joke. I need 20 grand and I'm not going to get paid for at least six months, but I'm going to do this. And he said, okay, Monica. And so we did. And so I have a sugar daddy, which makes it a little easier in life. (laughs) Um, So I got all these things together, wrote a website, got a bank account, got an LLC, did all the things with my nursing degree, but I have no idea what I'm doing, right? Filled out my org chart where I was the CEO, COO, CFO, and janitor. Yep, I had all those hats on. Um, And basically my my business plan was to give myself a job, right? I was going to have my little clinic with my 500 patients, and I was just going to live my best life being my own boss, and that was it. So I moved to Texas. Three weeks later, I opened my doors, not knowing a soul. I had somehow convinced 23 people that it was a good idea to let me be their primary care provider and that they were going to pay me every month. And so they did. Um, And so that's how my direct primary care office came about. Um, So direct primary care, for anybody who doesn't know, is basically affordable concierge or Netflix for your doctor. So all of our patients pay a monthly fee under $100 and you get unlimited primary and urgent care. So you can call us whenever you need to, and you actually get somebody on the phone who knows the answer. Um, you can text your provider just like you today, Derek. I saw that. Hey, can I get some vitamin D? Yeah, sure. We'll leave it in the box up front yeah. for you. Cool. Like you don't need to make an appointment for that. You don't need to, there's just no reason for that. So we do probably 70% of what we do via text message because it's convenient. I don't have to touch you for every little thing. If you need your depression medication refilled, guess what? I don't need to touch you. We just need to have a conversation. You doing okay? Not suicidal? Awesome. Here's your refill. Call me in three months, right? And so we just make healthcare 
easy, affordable, accessible, and really how it should be. And so, like I said, I, I started this office in April of 2019 with myself in a little corner. And now I have five nurse practitioners, um, two locations, and just almost at 1,200 patients. So yeah, it's growing and it's happening. We're doing it. Wow. This is so cool. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. People are always like, it's so great that you offer this service for people. You're such a good person for doing it. I'm going to tell you, I'm real (laughs) selfish, real selfish because I get to do what I love now. And that's take care of humans because I don't spend 70% of my day charting to prove to an insurance company what I did. I actually know all of my patients on a very, very personal basis. I go to their birthday parties and their graduations and their shows that they, they put on plays at their school and I get invited to those. And I really do treat every one of them like they're my sister or my brother. Um, and it's really what I always wanted to do. And like I said, I do have more control of my time. I see patients four days a week. Now, as the business owner, obviously I have some other responsibilities, but I'm able to go on vacation and turn it off. I'm able to leave the office at 4.30 and turn it off. Um, and so I really do. I have more time for myself and I get to do what I love. So I will I will take all the praise for being this cool person that opened this office. But to be honest, you might call me selfish and I'm okay with that. We have to be. I mean, yeah. I mean, self-care is really important. You know, I, I mean, the cheesy thing that we say in yoga is, you know, if your cup isn't full, you can't fill anyone else's cup, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're literally, you know, taking care of people, Mm -hmm. like you said. So if you're not taking care of yourself, yeah, and I will tell you people as well. Insurance-based primary care was soul sucking. There was nothing full about my cup. Like I did my best to take the best care of patients that I could, but they could never get to me. It was like I was like the Wizard of Oz. I was behind a door. It was like, oh no, you can't talk to Monica. But no, I told them to call me if something was wrong and they did, but the message never got to me because they had to get through the receptionist, the medical assistant and the nurse before they could get to me. So I never knew it until they show up three weeks later, really sick and hating life because of some side effect that I told them might happen that they should call me, but they couldn't actually talk to me. And it was just, you know, there's, there's a time in healthcare where we just need to see our patients and talk to our patients especially ones that get new diagnoses, but it's really hard to say, Hey, you have this new diagnosis. I really need to see you once a week for the next, you know, six weeks. Um, when they have to pay a deductible of $150 every time they walk in the door to see my face, it's hard for a patient to be like, yeah, sure. I'll pay you $150 every week where now my patients pay me one flat fee and they can come in as many times as they need to. We can have as many conversations as we feel fit. And so we actually get to take care of people. And I'm very much so incentivized now to keep patients healthy because the healthier my patients are, the less they call me. Where in the insurance-based world, it's kind of the other way around. The more you need me, the more you have to come in. So the more we get paid. And that's a problem in my world. So yeah. mm-hmm. so much of what you're saying is gelling for me. And I don't know if Derek, if you felt this way prior to having Monica as your care provider, but For me, I know I like, especially as someone with general anxiety, I don't want to be a bother to anyone. Like when I go to the doctor's office, I know the two things I have time to tell her because like you said, like she has other things to do. And like my doctor, I, it's so hard for me to even get an appointment because she's booked for months out. So it's like, I'll be late on an annual appointment. Seeing her once a year is hard. So I know there's gotta be people listening that 
have that same experience. But I'm curious, um, because I know you said this direct primary care does make make it more accessible, but I'm wondering, because you were saying like you had never heard of this direct primary care. So how do patients find you? Like, what are they literally, what are they searching for to find you? Unfortunately, they're not. And that's the problem. That's our, our biggest struggle. If you gave me a magic wand, I would put out a public service announcement that was required to be listened to by every person in this country that explained what direct primary care is. Because no one is going on Google and typing direct primary care because they don't know what it is. Yeah. And so our patients find us by word of mouth. So when Derek goes to a, a yoga studio and somebody's like, oh my gosh, I, I need to see my doctor and I can't get in that's when he's like, Oh, did you know about this service? And they're like, no, I had no idea. And then they call us and then they come in and they're like, wait, this is how healthcare can be. Yeah. I'm sold. Like I will, I'll pay you whatever you ask me to. Um, we have a 97% retention rate in our office because patients love it. Right. It's just, it's simple, right? I didn't reinvent the wheel. I just made healthcare what it should be. Um, and so, yeah, you can schedule a same day appointment online, just go online pick your time. We'll see you. And if you can't find a time, send me a text message and I'll squeeze you in somewhere because that's what we do. But yeah, especially patients with mental health issues, right? Depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, they struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because they don't like to be a burden. And so we have these conversations with our patients. Like I used to be responsible for 3000 patients. I barely knew your name unless you were a complete pain in my butt. Yeah, And now I know all of my patients. So our max patient panel in my office is 450 patients, which people are like, oh, that's a lot. And I'm like, no, it's nothing compared to what we used to have. And so we're able to provide that service. I see five to seven patients a day in the office. So I have 30 to 40 to seven, 60 minute appointments with these patients. And so we, we get a chit chat, right? It's like, so how was your vacation? What are you doing next week? And so I know them personally, which really makes me able to take care of them, right? A lot of patients with anxiety and depression are dealing with those things, not only because their neurotransmitters are in the wrong place, but because they have personal issues going on. And sometimes they just need to talk about it. Now, I'm not a therapist, but you know, we can chit chat about these things. And sometimes just talking about them can help, but also it also gets rid of that stigma and that judgment right? I am not here to judge you. That is not my job. But the number of times you walk into a healthcare office and you're immediately judged based off of medication you're on, or the fact that you haven't taken your medication, or the fact that you haven't been to a healthcare provider in the last three years. Or if you have no insurance. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will tell you more than 60% of my office has no insurance. Um, and I kind of like it because then I don't have to fight with insurance companies. There's yeah. a time and a place for insurance, right? If you need a surgery or you, you know, fall off the roof and break your leg in half, I'm not your girl. So there's a time and a place for insurance. Um, but I will tell you, they are not there for your well-being. You are the least of their concern. So, you know, we fight with insurance companies a lot for prior authorizations and imaging and surgeries and all sorts of things. And I'm, I'm happy to fight with them because I don't have to fight them every day anymore, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fun now. I I get to take care of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, because you don't see it, I want to let you know that aside from Derek telling yoga people, Derek takes screenshots of the text and sends them to me and says, I love my doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, I will tell you, 
I am not his actual healthcare provider. Jessica Hernandez is. And I told her I was coming on this podcast today and she was like, if he doesn't say my name, he is in trouble. (laughs) I did at the beginning. I did at the beginning. You did it. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. I love Jessica. Jessica's wonderful. Jessica's lovely. Um, All my providers are, honestly. Um, You know, as as a business owner, you realize that it's not your job to be the smartest one in the room. It's your job to hire the smartest people in the room. So mm-hmm. I will tell you the providers that work with me are just like me, but way nicer, first of all, and probably smarter, but don't tell my patients that because they all need <laughs> to stay with me. So, you know, for sure. Well, Jessica's bilingual too. So she, she is Spanish. So that's part of accessibility mm-hmm. as well, you know? Yeah. Yes. And we have Erica is another uh, nurse practitioner. She's actually starting next week and she's also bilingual. So, and cool. she will be the one covering for Jessica while Jessica goes on maternity leave in a I couple know. of weeks. So, oh, is we'll it get you a all taken weeks? I mean, oh I think she'll do August 7th. So, maybe like five weeks. Wow. I can't believe that went by so fast. That's crazy. I know, right? For sure. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Uh, but yeah, I will tell you that is our number one marketing strategy is word of mouth. And it's because yeah. direct primary care has so many benefits, right? Like your membership covers all your office visits, all your telehealth visits, your direct access to your provider, your annual physical, your annual physical lab work, discounted labs, discounted imaging, a provider that knows your name and is there to advocate advocate for you. If you need a specialist, we're going to find you a specialist who doesn't suck. Like they're going to treat you like a human. Um, and that's our job. Just like you don't expect me to know how to write a book, right? Like that's, that's not what I do. I shouldn't expect you to know how to navigate the healthcare system. And so that's our job is to do that. Um, and so we don't really have a great elevator pitch. I can't just be like, hi, I'm Monica. I own Impact Family Wellness, a direct primary care office. People are like, okay, what do you, what do you do? Uh, Oh, okay. So it's word of mouth where people are like, oh my gosh, look how cool my provider is. Look how cool this is. Like you, there's other options. And so I bet 85% of our patients come word of mouth. It's, it's been night and day just because, and I think I'm pretty sure I wrote a review somewhere about it, but you did. I've read it. Okay. (laughs) So I'm like, of course. I'm on testosterone therapy. And before coming to y'all, I i mean, it was just like a headache. I would go sometimes like two weeks without my injections because of issues with my doctor's office. And the, you know, the whole thing of like, I can't call, you know, one day I sat on the phone for like an hour and a half going into a weekend. And then like, of course the, the medication wasn't refilled. Whereas with y'all there's an app and I can literally just text and lo and behold, it's, it's done. You know, and I've never gone without my medication since I started coming to your. Amazing how that works. I'm like, how can this be so simple? You know, like, I mean, it should be obviously, but. Yeah, no, it absolutely should be. And, you know, I've been on both sides of this, right. I've been on the patient side. I've been on the provider side and both sides of it in the insurance world are awful. And it's not because providers in the insurance world don't want to take care of you. They just have so many rules and regulations that they legit don't have time and can't, right? And they are, it's all the strings of the insurance company, right? Like for testosterone replacement, unless your testosterone is under 200, your insurance company is not going to cover. No man under the age of 40 should have a testosterone under 200, right? Right. But I mean, it's mind blowing to me that a normal testosterone is like 
218 to 900 and something. And unless you are below that, you don't qualify. It's like, what do you mean you don't qualify? Right. I it's, it's mind blowing to me. The number of times an insurance company did denies care that is recommended and prescribed by a provider. I just don't understand it. I went to school for eight and a half years to do this job. Yet some guy sitting in an insurance company gets to say, no, actually you can't have this. Just today we did a prior auth for a patient for a medication. It was a diabetes medication and it was reviewed by an ophthalmologist. That's an eye doctor. (laughs) And it was denied by an ophthalmologist. What does an ophthalmologist have any reason, any, any like clue? Like, no, you do eyeballs. We'll do diabetes. Thanks, dude. (laughs) It's just so frustrating. Um, and so we have to write appeals for it and, and we do it. Um, but it, it gets really, really annoying, but I will tell you those insurance-based offices are typically not putting you on hold for an hour and a half because they want to. It's just, I know, I know. Yeah. So much paperwork to do. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And then you, you know, the average wait time for, to get in to see a primary in this country is 29 days. People will die wow. before that. Like, yeah. yeah. Struggle like it was like three weeks and I ended up scheduling it with not my doctor. Like I just was like, mm. she has no appointment. So I'm going to someone else. Yes, yeah. which also happens a lot in that insurance-based world, which is different than direct primary care. So we have multiple multiple providers in our office, but we all have our own panels. And so when Derek schedules an appointment, he schedules it with Jessica, unless it's Jessica's day off. So we only work four days a week in our office because provider burnout is a serious thing. Um, and so if Derek needs to be seen on a Tuesday, which is when Jessica's out, myself or Joanna or Erica, we're all there to, to do that coverage for those urgent things. Because there are times where you just need to come in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But for the most part, we try to see our patients as much as we possibly can. So I love it. Yeah. I've, there's an occasion. I mean, exception. Been, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always exceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working in HR for over a decade. And thankfully, I like proactively avoided working on the benefit side because Ugh. I did not want to. But I'm I'm aware of the evils and Mm-hmm. We joke because, like, literally every single podcast episode comes back to capitalism as as the root of evil, um, and that's yeah. what that's what it is. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's capitalism preventing people from taking care of themselves, sure. you know, preventing yeah. their the healthcare providers from being mm-hmm. able to take care of you know their patients. So, yeah, I, absolutely. You know, and we yeah. work with probably I think fifty something now small businesses. So we offer our membership yeah, not only to cool. individuals and families, but also a yeah. lot of local businesses that can't afford the Blue Cross Blue Shield plan or yeah. offer it, even though it's terrible and nobody wants it. And so they offer our membership either as a complement to an insurance plan or their benefit, right? Because they have if you're if less than fifty employees, you don't have to offer insurance. Yeah. Um, but this is a really great alternative and. As long as they sign up at least five members with our office, we drop the fee to just $60 per month. And so our employers love it because it makes them feel better and that they're providing something for their employees and their employees love it because now they can, you know, get their prescriptions taken care of and get taken care of when they're sick. And then the employer also likes it because if you are sick, you have no reason, you have no excuse not to go get care, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I'm the employer and I'm paying $60 a month for you to go get this care and you tell me you're sick, 
you better be calling them. Right. And so it's kind of a win-win for, for all the people involved. So. Totally. Did I see a bird flying behind you? <laughs> you did. I'm sitting in my husband's office at home. He works for Amazon Web Services and he's got this stupid cockatiel named Zia. <laughs> I, I do not like this bird at all, but it, it's in this cage. <laughs> but it's he left it out and I didn't realize it. So yes, there was just a bird flying at my head. I also have two dogs. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just kind of duck. Um, I also have two dogs sitting on the floor next to me. So. Mm-hmm. I love it. We also have an office dog that comes to the office. You every do. Day. I haven't. I haven't met him yet. Yeah. So we have a new one. We initially had Rocco. So Rocco was my dog. He was a like shepherd mix, and he started coming to my office during COVID because uh, I was lonely. And then people loved him, and he would just get in my car every morning. And so he was great. But then he got nasal cancer, and he passed away a little over a year ago. <laughs> And then we got another puppy, but she is 75 pounds of like sheer muscle and will knock you over. So Kristen, our practice administrator has this little dog named Niklaus and he looks like an Ewok. He's so cute. I don't even like little dogs, but this dog is adorable. He's so sweet. He never barks. He just like greets people, shakes his little tail. Yeah. He's real cute. So you can always just stop in the office. Niklaus will meet you at the door. Yeah. He's real fun. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's so cute. Yeah. It's fun. That was one of the sure. things that drew me was an office dog because we have two dogs and a cat. So I'm with you with, with the animals. Yeah. I mean, they just make people feel better because let's be honest, most people aren't coming to my office because they're awesome. Now, some sure. do. They just come to visit, right? But usually they just aren't feeling well or something's going on. And so the dog just makes everything better, especially little kids because they get a little scared. Mm. But yeah, it's it's fun because we do cradle to grave. So anybody two days old and up, we take care of all of them. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, babies mm-hmm. too. Huh. Yep. Yeah. We do babies. We do geriatrics. We do all yeah. the things in between. We do lots of fun procedures. And by we, I mean me, because I love to use a scalpel. <laughs> um, so, you know, we cut out ingrown toenails and cut off moles and skin tags and put like comas okay. out sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize I'll do all that. That's great. We do. And it's all included. Like there's no extra cost. So you come in, there's That's no copay. So there's no, we do joint injections. Nope. Doesn't cost yeah. you an extra $300 for that. We'll just do it for you. And we can take care of multiple things at a time. So when you come in for your anxiety, but you also have allergies. Oh, and you have this mole that you don't like. Yeah. We can do all of that at the same time. So there's no like, oh no, you're gonna have to schedule another appointment for that. Right. Sorry, we can't take care of that today. Uh, no, I mean, um, sometimes we might be like, okay, I've got 30 minutes. So yeah. you're gonna have to pick three of those four things. But you know, <laughs> typically, we can get we can take care of it. So but that yeah. whole like, is this conversation going to venture from preventative care? To mm, right. <laughs> I'm always like, hmm, am I allowed to say that in this or I have to make another? Appointment? Right. <laughs> that was always the worst when I would do annual physicals on patients. Cause oftentimes it was the only time I would see them for the whole year. And they'd be like, so is there anything else going on? And they would tell me and then I'd be like, oh crap. Ooh, we can't go any further down that road. We actually can't <laughs> talk about I just asked you that question, but I can't actually deal with that. Another thing that drove me crazy in the insurance world was that I couldn't do a patient's annual physical and their PAP at the same time. And it's because of the reimbursement. So if I did both in the same day, 
I would make, let's say $170 on that visit. But if I did them separately, I would make 150 on one and 150 on the other. And so the man in the C-suite was like, yeah, we'll take 300. So you're going to have to bring them back, which most of my patients were working people. It's like they had to take off work to come see me and they don't have time for that. They just don't have time for it. And it was, it was really bad. Like I, I just couldn't do what I wanted to do, but now I get to, and life is great. So we're just going to keep taking over the world. Um, our mission is to reform healthcare in Austin, but you know, we'll, we'll see, right. The more people that know about direct primary care, do I think I have the best direct primary care office anywhere? Of course I do, but <laughs> there are other direct primary care offices across the entire country. Everywhere, so there's, yeah. a, there's a really great website called dpcmapper.com. And that will give you every DPC in the entire country that's at least that's registered. And most of them are, I want to say there's 14 of them across Austin from like dripping Springs to Georgetown. Um, it might be more now, but there are definitely options for people that may not be in the Cedar park, Liberty Hill area where we are. Um, we are hoping to open more offices as we grow, but, um, for now, those are where most of our offices are. Now we do 70 plus percent of what we do via text message. So people don't have to come to the office. So we do have a lot of patients in South Austin and, you know, even in West Texas. Um, but you know, it's, uh, we're here for people and that's, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I live out in Maynard and, you know, make the drive whenever I need to come in to see Jessica. So it's worth it to me, you know. Come on over. We'll, yeah. we'll hang out, right? Exactly. <laughs> or and don't, then, and like, we can do a telehealth visit. Yeah, like a, a lot of times it's either telehealth or just texting, you know, obviously yeah. whenever I had a, mm-hmm. a surgery, you know, within the past couple of months, that was a lot of yeah. in-person stuff, but it was still very easy, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I will tell you, your surgeon was amazing. So you were the you were the first one we sent her to. Um, really? So you're kind of our guinea pig. But we met her. She came to the office. I met her, and I was like, she seems really cool. Yes. And then, sorry, the bird is yelling at me. Um, <laughs> and so Jessica was like, "Hey, I I need this kind of surgeon." I was like, "Okay, let's try this one." And she saw you in the office, and then she immediately texted us and was like, "Hey, saw that mutual patient." got him taken care of. And then after the surgery, she sent us a follow-up immediately after the surgery. And then even after your follow-up appointment, I was like, what is this? Surgeons that actually talk to us, but those are the type of surgeons that we find, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, we won't send people to crappy people. And so she's now on our, our list of preferred, um, you know, we give yeah. them one chance. So I'm glad she was good to you, Derek, but you know, it's funny how, insurance companies, they have their network, right? And so you have to pick your person in the network. Well, if we compare that to a car dealership, so if you go to the Lexus dealership and you're like, you know what? I want the bright, shiny red SUV right there. That's the one I want. But your insurance company says, actually, you can only have the used gray sedan in the back. That's the only one you can have. That's what insurance companies do to our healthcare system is they don't allow you to be a good consumer. We teach people to get, be good consumers, but not when it comes to your health, which is where you should be the best consumer. I mean, <laughs> right. just the fact that we don't put prices on things in healthcare is mind blowing to me. Right. You went to Starbucks and there was no price. Would you buy a coffee? 
No, we would not. But we expect people to go into whatever doctor's office they say I'm supposed to go see, hope that they're not terrible, and then they're going to send me a bill for whatever they want. And that bill could come in six weeks or a year and a half, I think. I got a bill last April for my kid's office visit with an allergist from the prior May. It had been 11 and a half months since my kid was there and they sent me the bill. And I was like, really? Okay. I guess. That's so crazy. I mean, thankfully it fit in my budget that month, but I mean, I had completely forgotten about it. I didn't know I still had a bill to pay. Yeah. So, and thankfully it was, you know, $87. It wasn't anything terrible. Right. But I mean, if that had been like a $4,000 bill, I would have been like, oh crap what do I do now? And so you see how people just get lost and they just don't seek healthcare Mm -hmm. because they don't have insurance or they don't know how much it's going to cost. Even people with insurance, they have $11,000 deductibles. Yeah. What do you mean? Wait, so you have to pay your thousand dollar premium every month and then pay $11,000 out of pocket before your insurance covers anything, but your annual physical. That means you're paying $23,000 for an annual physical. That's it. I, my mind just gets blown by these things. <laughs> and somehow insurance companies have figured out how to make sure that we all think we need insurance, right? Especially yeah. our generations, like the millennials and the Gen Xers. Is that what we are? We all are like, oh gosh, no, I have to have insurance or I'll die. It's like, actually, you yeah. can do a lot for cash pay. You yeah. get really cheap deals. So yeah, we talk about these things with our patients all the time because we shouldn't expect them to be able to navigate it. So you know, we lead them in the directions, see what they can afford. And, you know, we fix it for them because that's what we should do. You've touched on it some like with this and a little bit earlier, but, you know, in the past I, I worked for an abortion clinic and then I'm currently doing some freelance work for uh, a nonprofit that is trying to resolve uh, mortality rates in, in black moms after. Oof. Uh-huh. And so healthcare advocacy is something that I'm always kind of learning a little bit more about on like, of course, like in terms of government and things of that nature, but on an individual level, like you're saying, like how to find the best care for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious about like generally your thoughts on personal healthcare advocacy and like how if, you know, this direct primary care can help that. I think it absolutely can. So I will tell you the number one group of people that get the worst healthcare are African-American women. Their like mortality rate at childbirth is asinine. Yeah. And it's because they're expected to be loud and, you know, just this like stigma of what an African-American woman is. And especially if you are an overweight Mm African-American female, good luck. Yeah. People just don't listen to you and it drives me up the wall. And so I've made it my personal vendetta that we don't judge people in my office. That's not our place, right? If you have an alcohol problem, you are morbidly obese. You didn't choose that. Nobody chooses to be African-American and obese, right? Like you didn't have that choice, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's not my place to base your care off of that. So I have multiple African-American women that I've firsthand seen the discrimination that they experience 
and mm-hmm. I get really angry about it. I have one in particular who has a lot of healthcare issues, one being a very chronic pain issue. Mm-hmm. And she just gets blown off. If she was a white guy and walked into the ER with her complaint, she would immediately get oxycodone. But because she's an African-American female that is slightly overweight, they literally give her Tylenol every time, completely blow her off and just move on. Um, and so I've had to refer her to a lot of specialists and I personally call those specialists and explain, Hey, listen, she is an African-American female. Please listen to her. Like you have to listen to her. And they, they accept that because I have a relationship with these specialists. I'm like, listen, she's legit, which is sad that I have to say those things, but that's my job is to make sure that she gets the care that she needs because it's just not fair. Um, I, you know, was very blessed and was born to be a white girl. And so I never experienced that. And I never understood it until I sat down with these patients in my direct primary care office and just read over the notes of how they were treated. And I'm like, what do you, what? How is this human? Um, so I absolutely appreciate everything that that is doing for these poor minority people. Um, and we see it with people who can't speak English, right? It's like, because they can't speak English, they don't deserve care. It's you send me to China. I expect somebody to take care of me if I need it. Right. Just because I don't speak Chinese. I can't speak Spanish. That doesn't mean I'm any better or worse than anybody else. Um, and so we definitely see these stigmas a lot. And I think that's one of the draws of our office is I don't care what color you are, what gender you are, what gender you choose to be, you know, we all have our like personal limits where it's like, okay, that's, that's above my, my world. But, you know, we're not here to change the way we care about you based off of who you are or the choices that you've made. And I think a lot of that comes because of the relationships we build with our patients. I, like I said, I know them all so personally that I can't not. Um, We've talked multiple times about growing this business and that me being the CEO and a healthcare provider is difficult. Um, and so there's been talk of me not caring for patients anymore and just running the business. I'm like, I don't think I can do that. And yeah. it's, I mean, I do love taking care of patients, but more than that is my 345 patients are like my family. I yeah. would, I don't know how I could go to them and be like, so guys, I'm going to still be at the office, but I'm not going to take care of you anymore. Like that is heart wrenching to me. Um, because they really are my people. I yeah. adore them all. Like they come in the office and I give them a hug. Every one of them. Well, I would say 90% of them. Some people aren't touchy, right? And so it's really all about those relationships and being there for that person, regardless of who they are or who they choose to be. Yeah. Sorry, I get a little I angry love... about that. No, I, no, I appreciate it. As... Because like, I feel like so many people didn't even know um, that Black maternal mortality was mm-hmm. a thing until Serena Williams, you know, right. Spoke. And it's like, she's a celebrity. Um, mm-hmm. She's privileged, even though, you know, she may not be as privileged as a white woman. And it's like, even, even not culturally i feel like my my dad was diagnosed with a rare form of brain cancer and all these people came out of the woodwork saying oh you should take him to this place oh you should take him to this clinical trial i was like 
so his doctor isn't going to help us get him to the best place. Like, I didn't even know that we had to figure that out. So Mm -hmm. I feel like with any situation, it's just like, wait, what? Like we're learning on the fly and it's a ton on top of being Mm -hmm. super emotional time. And it's just like, wow, this seems impossible. Sure. Absolutely. And it's so many times like, oh, well you need this test. So call this number. It's like, yeah, wait, wait, what, what am I calling them about? Because you don't know, at least you shouldn't know the words to say, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm like, oh, you need this MRI with contrast of your left shoulder. Like, okay, what does that mean, Monica? I don't, I don't know what that means. Right. But then I'm like, oh, well you need to call them and schedule that. Wait, what am I going to tell them? Right. And so why don't I pick up the phone? I'm the one who thinks you need this done. So I can call them while you're sitting here in my office and let's see when we can get you on the schedule. That just makes sense, right? Because then we're saving a lot of time and effort. And oftentimes I can also push the button that says, if you're a provider, post number three. And then I (laughs) bypass all the craziness at the front desk, right? And so, yeah, it's just those little things. And yeah, this whole Serena Williams thing, it was mind blowing to me, but it shows you like she is a celebrity and still got treated that way. Like if she had been white, she would never have had the issues she did. Um, They would have listened to her from the beginning, but instead, because she's an African-American woman and she's supposed to be a little bit more crazy, I guess, is I don't know what flamboyant, more like dramatic, I guess, is what they expected her to be. They ignored every sign that that woman had a clot in her lung and nearly killed her. Yeah. By the way, she had already had a clot before in her life, which makes her very at risk for another. So where was this not a red sign? Like this should have been an immediate red flag and they almost let her die. And so I do appreciate that she brought this to the forefront, um, but I do feel like it, it loses its luster, right? It's like, how many people still remember that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. African-American women remember it because they're the ones right. that are dying in childbirth, but right. Yeah. yeah. And what makes me sad about that is like, it makes people not trust oh, the, yeah. you know, the, their providers. Right. Cause mm-hmm. like my, my situation was nowhere near that dramatic, but whenever we were living in Iowa, I was seeing a doctor there and it was my first visit with her and last visit with her. And, you know, obviously I'm just very open about everything in my life, you know, because I feel like that's how you should be, you know, with your doctor. And so obviously the fact that I'm gay, it came up and she was like, oh, well, we need to do an STD test. And I was like, I'm in a monogamous relationship. I'm married. And she was like, well, I mean... I feel like all gay men should do STD tests. And I was like, are you trying to say that all gay men are just like <laughs> sleeping around? Like, do, do you know something about my husband? She know me that I don't know. Like, obviously, you know, that can happen. But I was like, I literally sure. asked her, I was like, I was like, do you suggest this for your other married patients that aren't gay? You know, and she was like, well, no. And I was like, okay. So we just like, it's crazy what um you know providers cannot see you if you've had an elective abortion like they don't have to see you after that they don't have to provide you know emts do not have to provide narcan to people that are overdosing on the street like it's just like it's just like monica said like it's judgment after judgment after judgment like Mm -hmm. yeah 
Well, and in the state of Texas, I can't even say the A word anymore without being at risk for being sued, which whether you believe in that or not should not determine my ability as a healthcare provider to discuss options with a patient. Unfortunately, the state of Texas has completely taken that away from us and it's terrible. I mean, make whatever rule you want, but the fact that I can't have a conversation with my patient about that is asinine. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I would love to keep going, but I want to respect your time. All day. Um, (laughs) I'll come back. I'll come back. We can talk crap about insurance companies and healthcare and all the things. And how we're changing the world, right? (laughs) Is there anything we didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? Uh, You know, I think you guys did a great job covering it. Um, Obviously, if people want to know more about direct primary care, just Google direct primary care. My office is impactfamilywellness.com. Uh, you'll see all the videos, all the social media. We're all Impact Family Wellness. Um, yeah. And if you have questions, feel free to text our office. Numbers on, on our website because um, we respond to that. So if there's questions like, hey, I heard Monica on this podcast. Can you answer this question? Cool. Send me a text. Somebody at my office will get it. It may not be me, but someone will respond. and They'll probably tag me in it if they're like, hey, this is your name on it. Um, but yeah, we're just here to educate people and make sure that everybody gets taken care of because people deserve it. People deserve to be taken care of and direct primary care is a great service that people want and they need. They just don't know it's an option. And so I appreciate you both for having me here so that we can help spread the word and yeah, hopefully we can reform healthcare and maybe in a few years we can have a conversation about how awesome healthcare is. There you Maybe go. Like a few decades, but we'll try it. We're going for it. We're going to do it. <laughs> I do have one more question for yeah. um, anyone that's listening that's not in Texas. Is there anything like if people are looking for direct primary care, like should they look for anything specific? Are there any tips for like, you know, vetting out a good one? Sure. So I think one of the best things about direct primary care is it does give you the ability to be a good consumer again. So find the DPC offices in your area and go meet the people. Most DPCs offer a free meet and greet where you can come in or do it virtually and actually meet the provider and see if you blend well, right? I'm kind of loud and obnoxious at times and that doesn't fit everybody. And so maybe there's another provider in my office or maybe there's another office that might fit better for you. My office is fully staffed by nurse practitioners. Most people like nurse practitioners, some prefer MDs. So if that's the case, go find yourself an MD, but you need to find the provider that fits your beliefs. Um, And so a lot of people do a lot of social media things. Like we have a ton of videos all over our social media because we want people to know that we are human beings and that we're accessible. Um, But my number one piece of advice is find the provider that fits your personality and fits your beliefs, right? If you're a very holistic person and you find something that's only Western medicine is like, no, you have to take drugs for this, then that's not a great fit for you. If you want the person more in the middle, then find that person. Um, But don't just settle for somebody that doesn't fit you, right? If you feel belittled walking in the room, not for you, right? You need to feel comfortable with this person because they really do need to be your healthcare advocate, but they can't be if you can't open up to them. 
Yeah. Um, and so if you walk in and they're like, oh, you're gay, you have to do an STD test. Yeah. Walk out the door. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, be a good consumer, just like you would check out different cars, check out different providers. And if you live in a small town, you might have less options, but there's options out there and it's growing. It's coming to a city near you, I promise. But most major cities have quite a few of these options. Um, and they're even becoming more popular in rural areas because providers are just done fighting insurance companies. So mm -hmm. it's coming, but be a good consumer. That's my piece of information. I love it. Well, it was delightful as I knew it would be. Um, yes, I learned so much. I love it. Good. We're here to we're here to educate, just like you guys are. So I appreciate you having <laughs> me here today. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy, and <sighs> we're all about work life balance too. So right, I'm about to go jump in the swimming pool with my kid. Oh, lovely! I mean, it's yeah. so hot. That sounds great. I wish I had a. Pair. Don't forget about the bird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> The bird is in the dog's mouth. Oh, I wish. That would be awesome, in fact, because then it's not my fault. Uh, yeah, no, these, these dogs aren't that fast. They're a little too slow for that bird. So. Oh, my God. For sure. Awesome. Well, you guys have a great That's night. Amazing. If you ever need me to come back, you let me know. And uh, Derek, thanks for being our, our cheerleader. We appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, thanks for taking care of me. Anytime. We'll see you guys <laughs> soon. Yes. Bye, Monica. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Holly, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OrangeJulia7, also on thebitterlemon.com and on Etsy, Bitter Lemon Digital. And Derek, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram with my personal account at yoga with Derek, and that's D-E-R-E-K, spelled the correct way. And on Instagram for yoga for all humans, it is at yoga for all humans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, don't judge my TikTok game. I'm still learning. On LinkedIn, you can sync up with me, Derek Hagler, on there. And Yoga for All Humans has its own LinkedIn account as well. And of course, yogaforallhumans.com is the studio's website. Small Business Happy Hour has its own Instagram account at Small Business Happy Hour. Or you can email us at smallbusinesshappyhour at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers. See, See you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday.